The Old Testament reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 40, reading verses 21 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings peace, oh, start again. <clears throat> the Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Isaiah chapter 40 and reading verses 21 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Gospel reading is taken from the first chapter of Mark, reading verses 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought, him to, brought to him all who were sick and possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. 
and Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that's what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Thanks be to God for this word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Mahatma Gandhi said, prayer is not an old woman's idle amusement. Properly understood and applied, it is the most potent instrument of action. Henry Nouwen, the Christian uh, meditation writer, said this, Why is it important that you are with God and God alone on the mountaintop? It's important because it's the place in which you can listen to the voice of the one who calls you beloved. To pray is to listen to the one who calls you my beloved daughter, my beloved son, my beloved child. To pray is to let that voice speak to the centre of your being, to your guts and let that voice resound in your whole being. There are times where praying can feel somewhat dispiriting. There are those people who, in their prayers, overuse, for example, the word just. Oh Lord, I just want to say just now, just right here, just how just you are, Lord. And you end up counting the number of times that you hear that word rather than focusing on the prayer itself. In addition, there are those people who offer prayers that are basically a mini sermon or where they seem to wander off into profound irrelevance. The prayers for the budgie, the prayers for a successful trip to the local shops. And you also get those who offer a bit too much information, stuff you really don't want to hear about, prayers for Victor's irritable bowel and Belinda's unfortunate chafing and those sorts of things. Prayer can become difficult. And there are times where we seek to find ways of avoiding it. There are times where prayer feels like it's too much hard work. Times where we wonder, is God actually listening? Our gospel story for today has Jesus at the end of a busy day. He is utterly exhausted. He is in need of time alone. He is in need of time for prayer. Those situations that he has encountered, the pains and the hurt that he has ministered to, 
have left him drained. And the disciples are still new at the job of being disciples. They haven't quite worked out yet how to care for Jesus. Maybe they are excited at what they have been witnessing, all of the crowds inspired and people healed. Maybe they are swept up in in the joy that they have forgotten to look after Jesus. So at the end of the process of his ministering that day, Jesus escapes. He goes off and hides just so that he can have some time in prayer. To be able to be a disciple is to try and live a life in tune with God's will. And we will never get far in that process unless we clear time for regular prayer, no matter how difficult we find it. There are times where we wonder if God is listening, but maybe there are times where we need to ask, are we listening? How can we know what God is thinking if we never take the time to listen and find out? The disciples are not yet aware of the importance of prayer. Hence, they seek out Jesus, demanding that he continue his ministry, and they interrupt him in his solitude. There are no clear formulas for how you must pray. To pray is to be a different process for every individual. What I do know is that God wants us to pray, to make the effort, to clear some time and space, to focus again on what God might be saying to us. So each day, carve out some time just for you, a time with no distractions. Take the phone off the hook. Go out for a walk. Play a piece of music that you find peaceful and be. You don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to be in a sacred place. You don't have to be in front of a religious image. You can pray whenever and wherever it feels appropriate. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German theologian, says this, It matters little what form of prayer we adopt or how many words we use. What matters is the faith which lays hold on God, knowing that he knows our needs before we even ask him. That is what gives Christian prayer its boundless confidence and its joyous certainty. So try and think of things that work for you and maybe feel free to explore new options in your prayer life. For some it may be that written prayers in the form of liturgies may be helpful. Others may find that combining their prayers with Bible study allows the biblical text to speak for them. A number of years ago I attended a retreat at Worth Abbey, a Benedictine monastery, And one of the spiritual tools that the Benedictines use is that rather than reading the Bible silently, they read it aloud and slowly. 
They imagine that they are reading the text at the pace at which the text itself would have been written. The writers of the Bible and the later monks who transcribed the texts wrote prayerfully. So why not use the biblical text as a prayer? And I, over the years, have found that this technique has been most helpful in highlighting parts of the Bible that I might otherwise have missed. Gems that I would never have picked up. For some of you, maybe trying a process of silence like the Quakers, where you wait on God. Maybe the prayers and chants of a community might help. The Northumbrian community, the Taise community, Iona, maybe even listening to some Gregorian chant might help you to centre on you and God. And others may find that some spiritual disciplines help. For example, the examine process of St Ignatius, which I'm going to try and introduce to you in a short while. Karl Barth um, suggested that in our time of prayer, we might want to have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other so that we can reflect upon the events that are happening in the world. Maybe that might be something that you want to explore. Imagine that God is next to you. What do you want to tell God? And what do you need to hear? Don't be afraid of experimenting with new forms of prayer, of trying to find out what helps you as you try to listen to the voice of God. Do try, however, to not be too distracted. You don't want to sit there and in the process forget what it is that you're praying about as you try to remember what you need to get from the Sainsbury's for your dinner. Mother Teresa says this, don't think you have to say anything. Prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God at his disposition and listening to his voice in the depths of our hearts. One of the things that has concerned me during this pandemic has been the somewhat confused understanding about personal prayer that has started becoming part of the conversation about when churches reopen. There is the danger that we are in at the moment that because of lockdown, because of the, the impact of that upon communal gathering, that we end up individualising faith too much. We have had to forego communal aspects of our devotional life over the past year. And we will need to address that seriously when we gather again. And maybe as a community we will need to think about more opportunities for gathering as a worshipping and praying community. 
Prayer is to be done alone, but it is also to be done as a gathered community. And one of the big challenges for us as a congregation at St Peter's is not, will we survive? But how will we become better as a praying and worshipping community? We don't want to be beginners at prayer, but let us be convinced of the fact that we will never be anything but beginners all of our life. There will always be new things to learn. And the very process of prayer requires from each of us humility. The willingness to every day learn something new about ourselves, our world and our God. Possibly the greatest theologian of the 19th century, Søren Kierkegaard, says, the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. So, in your daily devotions, try to carve out that time. Try to find that space that you need so that you can hear the voice of God. And we will do our best to work on the communal aspects of prayer as soon as we are able to. One thing you might want to look at is the Ignatian examine. A process which St. Ignatius of Loyola came up with recommending that uh, the people of God spend some time probably at the end of the day. An opportunity to look back over the course of the day that has happened to offer that day to God and to ready themselves for the night ahead and the day that is yet to come. So maybe you might want to try the Ignatian examine and see how it fits in with your structure of prayer. Is there something new that this offers to you? The examine is a method of reviewing your day in the presence of God. It's an attitude more than a method. A time set aside for thankful reflection on where God is in your everyday life. And it has five steps and probably takes about 15 to 20 minutes a day. The first step, ask God for light. I want to look at my day with God's eyes, not merely my own. Secondly, give thanks. The day I have just lived is a gift from God, so be grateful for it. Thirdly, review the day. 
I carefully look back on the day just completed, being guided by the Holy Spirit. The fourth part. Face your shortcomings. I face up to what is wrong in my life and in me. And the fifth part. Look toward the day to come. I ask where I need God in the day to come. God speaks in the silence of the heart. Listening is the beginning of prayer. Maybe something like the examine will help those who find that their mind easily wanders. Certainly I know that that has been one of my praying afflictions over the, the past years. Something to ground and root ourselves in, something to bring us back to why we gather in prayer. Do you find it easy to pray? Are you somebody who follows a regular pattern of prayer, a regular pattern of Bible study, or are you a bit more ad hoc in your approach? And is it that you always seem to offer the same prayers each time? Maybe in this time where we are forced to stop, where we are not allowed out so much, maybe this is giving each of us a time to think about our own prayer lives. to being open to listening to the voice of God. So let us use this time, a time where we need more than ever to realise that although we might be separate from one another, that we are not alone, that God is with us, and wants to speak to us. So in this lockdown, let us listen for God and let us wait for the day when we can gather again as a community, a worshipping and praying group of believers to give thanks to God and open to hearing what God has to say to each of us, to our church and our world. May we use this time to hear what God wants to say. Amen.